Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scaffinders Podcast Radio Show coming to you on this Sunday, February the 28th, 2021. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about cardiovascular diseases, the entire group of them, what they are, who it affects, common symptoms, uh, you know, risk factors how you can avoid being a statistic and everything that surrounds them because basically these group of diseases kill more people than anything else on the planet. And it uh, it's not even close when you look at the stats. So I wanted to dig in and hopefully shed some light for you guys. Maybe if you have a parent or a family member who is not the healthiest, you can share this with them and, you know, maybe it'll wake them up. We'll see. But before I jump into the episode today, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Af. Athletic Greens. You guys already know it's the one thing I take every single day. Even being a health and fitness person where this is you know, essentially what I do 24-7, 365, I never turn it off. You can ask my wife or most of you who have been listening to me and watching our videos, obviously you can tell. And with that said, I even struggle eating enough greens every day. Uh, on a good day, I can probably eat four to five servings of greens, but I'm not going to eat, you know, 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. It's just, it's really hard to do in a normal world. And for you guys who have, uh, you know, stressful careers, you have kids, you have 19 different responsibilities, it's tough to do. And even if you could eat 10 servings a day, to make them 10 different servings to get all the vitamins and minerals you need, it's really hard. So that's why I obviously take Athletic Greens. I literally grab a scoop, throw it in some water or a travel pack, I rip it, throw it in some water, and I slam it, just like we used to slam drinks at the bar. Um, except that made you feel like shit, and this will make you be a healthy rock star. It's that simple. If you want to try Athletic Greens, right now we have a deal with them where you can get a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. So you're going to take the greens anyway, which is a given, and they'll give you vitamin D, their D3 plus K2 liquid, which is amazing, uh, for an entire year and some travel packs to go. How badass is that? Uh, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get the deal. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure, well, Jeremy, I've heard you talk about it 8 trillion times. Shoot us a message, email, DM, uh, fill out the contact page on the website, however you connect with us, and I'll have Monica take a pack right from here and ship it to you. We literally shipped a pack, or I got a request today to ship a pack to Australia. Uh, Greece was last week. We're sending them all over the place. Nobody else is doing this. We are doing it. I'll spend the money. I'll give it to you. I don't care if it'll help you make a decision and actually, you know, as they say, shit or get off the pot, actually, you know, jump in and become a healthier human being. If you're a person right now who takes 14 different pills, you can probably throw most of them away and just take the athletic greens. It has all the vitamins, all the minerals you need. It has the digestive enzymes in there. It has a probiotic mix in there. There's no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. There's no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no eggs, no peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dectrose. And it works for damn near every eating style, whether you're vegetarian or vegan or paleo or keto or whatever new made-up shit they're doing next week. This will work for you for sure. Uh, I believe in it, you guys. I really do. Um, it's the best tasting greens there is. Is it a milkshake? No. But hands down in terms of something to drink to be healthy, there's nothing easier and that tastes better and that's going to cover all the gaps in your nutrition. That's why we work with them for the last, I think it's like six years at this point. And uh, I wouldn't take it every single day if I didn't believe in it. I could make a lot more money 
selling a bunch of other bullshit, but I don't believe in that. So I'm trying to help you. So again, hit me up if you guys want a travel pack or the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. So what do we got going on today? Before we talk about um, cardiovascular disease at, at scale, reminder, we do have a 30 for 30 challenge kicking off here. This is a new fitness challenge. Never done it before. The only person who's been through it is myself, and it is uh, terribly amazing. I don't know if that's ever been said before, but it is a terribly amazing program. If you're a beginner, it'll challenge you for sure, but it is doable. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of making you know complex things very simple inside of here. We're not having you do any dangerous stuff, but we're going to push you for sure. If you got a set of dumbbells and a bench at home, you can crush it. If you're an intermediate to an advanced person, this is going to show all the holes in your fitness game. Anything that you're not good at, we're going to expose it for sure. It's what I found out, obviously, going through it myself. And honestly, like any fitness program, it's as hard as you want to make it. It really is. People will, it's comical to me when people will come in, even to here or anywhere, and say, oh, that workout wasn't that bad. I'm like, you didn't do it right. I don't say that. Well, to the people here I'm comfortable with, I can say that to them because they're bullshitters, and I can tell them they're bullshitting. But if you say, ah, oh, it was really easy today, you didn't try. You really didn't. It's, it's how I look at, like, running a marathon. Like, you can walk it. And it's annoying because it takes you forever, but it's not that hard, right? Or you can run it at your PR speed. That's really hard. It'll crush you. That's what I think about most workouts. Now, there is obviously some workouts that are easier than others. But if if you take a workout here, like in person, right? And you can do five mobility movements and then like say max cows in the assault bike. That workout admittedly sucks. Immediately it's terrible just because the assault bike. It could be uh, silent reading. It could be uh, finger paints. It could be eat milk and cookies and then ride the assault bike. And that workout is fucking terrible if you really push yourself. That's how I think of every program we've ever done. We could do four basic patterns. Inchworms, Spider-Man steps, you know, uh, glute bridges. And then it could be dumbbell thrusters. That that right there just made that entire workout suck. Now, these are just arbitrary examples. We don't really do finger paints here in uh, milk and cookies, which would be way better than riding the assault bike. But you get what I'm saying. So this thing can really challenge you, and it can change you if you let it. If you're bored at home, haven't been to the gym, or don't feel comfortable going to the gym, you can crush this from there. If you're at the gym and you do it, get with your buddies and just melt your faces off together. So uh, I'm happy to give you guys a podcast discount code if you're interested. Uh, the site right now, jeremyscottfitness.com slash 30-30-challenge. It's also in my IG uh, bio. And I think we'll share it on the story for the next probably four days. So we kick that off in six days from now. So it's February the 28th. You guys have six days left to register because I think we start on March the 8th. That would be a Monday. There's 22 unique workouts in here, and each one is kind of built uh, in sequence with the next. And once you get inside, you'll understand what I'm saying. So um, the fitness part of it is super cool. I, I filmed it during, like, you know, the real lockdown, lockdown uh, time of, of life here in America. And uh, it was rough for sure. So if you're interested, just ask for it and we'll make it happen. And we'll give you a little discount code for listening to us on the podcast. Now, as I jump into the, the cardiovascular disease stuff, my man, uh, Tommy Baker, posted something that I wanted to share with all of you because I thought it was important. And I think it's actually coming on the newsletter probably later next week sometime. And uh, Tommy's been on the podcast before. I need to actually make a note to get Tommy uh, back on the podcast. I got a big list here of people coming on the podcast. We are going to have, hopefully, 
somebody special come on on the 5th, which is Friday. Then I have to film an entire new series, but after that, I think Raul will come on, Nikki will come back, and I got a bunch of fun people. But anyways, Tommy's been on before, we'll bring him back. He's a very enlightened young man, entrepreneur, hustler, says a lot of good stuff. We have a lot of the same beliefs. And he wrote this about investing, and I wanted to share it with you guys. And I quote, if you invested in Bitcoin, GameStop, or Tesla, you'd have 2,000% returns and be sipping Mai Tais on a sun-soaked beach in Tulum, counting tendies with other bro millionaires. Some of these things I don't even know what he's saying. And what he's referring to is like the uh, Bitcoin going crazy. Obviously, um, I think it was over 50,000 the other day. Maybe it might be less now. And then the GameStop uh, saga with Robinhood. And then obviously Tesla stock has gone crazy. Basically, he's just saying if you would have bet on these companies um, or the crypto in terms of the Bitcoin, like you, you would have so much more money now. If you bought a Bitcoin at a dollar, and whenever that was, at some point it was a dollar, and now it's 50000 obviously you'd be crushing it, right? He goes on to say, but guess what? You could have lost it all too. And while investing is cool and all, we're conditioned to bet on everyone except ourselves. And I do believe this. We bet on sports stars. We bet on Hollywood celebrities. We bet on entrepreneurial moguls. We watch their content. And we vicariously live through them and experience a rush. But when we're empty, if that's all we do, if all we do is watch other people's content and live through them and experience the rush, we are empty. Instead, what if you stack the chips and bet on yourself? If you bet on your future, bet on your skill set, bet on your dreams, bet on your discipline, bet on your self-trust, bet on your intensity, bet on your creativity, you bet on your ambitions, you bet on yourself showing up, and you bet on your own personal commitment. When you do, you'll take everyone off the pedestal and you'll be in the arena. You'll be the one crushing it. Or you can sit on the sidelines. You can keep making excuses. You can wait for the right time to do something. The surest bet isn't in any stocks. It's in the person looking you in the mirror every single day. Will you stack the chips on number one or not? Your future self is begging you to. What are you going to do? And I paraphrase some of that, obviously. But the point being is you got to bet on yourself, guys. The best investment you're ever going to make is is you. And I'm not saying don't get a financial advisor or your CPA or have an attorney. Like, we do all those things here. But... I take the time to educate myself. And if you're going to, this isn't about, this isn't a money thing, but we look at where it's always looking outward. Oh, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that. And that's awesome. You can always stand on the shoulders of giants to make progress, but you have to believe in yourself. You really do. You have to invest in your own skills and your own dreams and your own discipline and, and your own commitment and your ambitions and you showing up and you staying consistent and you doing the work. That's what matters more than anything else. Not this other shit. And I'm the worst person in the world to ask, you know, some of these questions. Uh, You know, Jeremy, how do you get fit? I'm like, well, it's a really slow, long process. You probably don't want to do it. You know, Jeremy, how'd you make money? Well, I I worked really hard for a long period of time and I saved it and I invested it. But most important, I invested in myself. I spent, you know, there's years where I spend more money. Obviously, my life is in a different place now. But I still spend a lot of, of money on books. 
on personal development. Um, you know, I've did mastermind groups for a long time and there's years where I invested way more into Jeremy, you know, learning things and surrounding himself with people than I ever did in the market. And the byproduct is you, you fast forward six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years later, whatever it may be. And now obviously I, I can invest more money in the market and I don't have to do as much for myself, but I still spend money on me. And the best thing I ever did is making my skills better, making me learn, surrounding me with the right people, eventually put me in a position to be happy and successful. And I think all of you right now, if you're going to take anything away from that quick message is just invest in yourself. That's the, the number one thing you can spend money on and on time on. And that can be anything. That can be books. That can be podcasts. That can be mobility. It can be foam rolling. It can be getting a, a, a personal trainer, getting a financial advisor. All of those things, the food that you eat, all those things are going to make you more efficient and you healthier and you happier and you run the right way. So take that little uh, rant for what it is. It has nothing to do with uh, heart disease, but wanted to share it. So with that, a lot of the stuff I'm going to drop here today is coming from uh, the CDC it, uh, website itself. Um, my man over at JLab put a lot of this together too. And so these are legit, uh, you know, verified statistics. These are not uh, opinions and, and things that are made up. These are things that are real. Uh, you guys could search and Google it just as easily as I could share it. But they're eye-opening to say the least because I, I don't think, well, I know for a fact most people, and I'm going to generalize like crazy here, do not read past the headlines. We've been over this before of how people now consume information and content. It, it's the inundation is too much. It really is. It's when I watch like TV, which is really rare. I've watched way less sports in the last year and a half than ever in my life, partially because of the, the pandemic stuff. And then partially just because I've been so busy and I'm playing my own game, I don't have time to watch other people play games. And there's time for escapism and things like that. Like last night I turned on the UFC uh, for a little bit. I had uh, some free fights late at night. But short of that, I haven't watched a ton. But if we do sit down, Heather and I, or if I can, you know, maybe before I go to sleep, uh, I'll turn, like, click Netflix. There's so many choices. There's so many movies. There's so many TV shows. And then if you go to Sling, and then if you go to, like, Amazon movies, there's so much. I, there, I could live for an, a 500 years and not watch all of that stuff that is on there. It is literally insane how many decisions and choices there are. It's the way I think about how we consume news now. There's so many news outlets. There's so many people commenting and tweeting and sharing their opinions and their thoughts and all these resources. And not and, and some of that's good to have multiple, obviously, uh, I guess if you how you want to look at it, uh, opinions. Everybody has one. They're like armpits. Most of them stink. Uh, so, you know, take them, take them with a grain of salt. But there's so much out there. It's like, what do you know to believe and what do you know to focus on? It's right now, it's like, you. there's no funnel for it, right? Like, it's just, uh, it needs to be like a, like a faucet. It has to be controlled, but it's like a, it's like a fireman's hose. It's just blasting stuff all over the place. And that's what I'm driving at here is there's so much. What do we focus on? What do we listen to? And we can get easily distracted as humans about focusing our time, effort, energy on the wrong problems, on the wrong things. Now, obviously, we've just lived through a pandemic, which is still dragging on. Unfortunately, I do feel it's getting a ton better because uh, we just had a Sunday uh, advanced Metcon workout here. And I think like <clears throat> either 
everyone in the gym is either like basically either had COVID or they've had both the vaccines, which is kind of crazy. So you can see how we do work with a lot of physicians and medical people here. So that's how they get. And we have some people here who have volunteered. They went and volunteered to help people and then they got the vaccines themselves. So we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we just lived through this, you know, what I call it like a shit show of a year. And that's all we talked about. It's all we focused on. That's all we did. And that's fine. I'm glad we're bringing, you know, some attention to that, but there are other things out there. And that's why I wanted to just touch on, you know, cardiovascular diseases and what are they in particular. So anybody who doesn't know at home, cardiovascular diseases, you know, CVDs, if you will, are a group of disorders of the heart and the blood vessels. And they include the coronary heart disease, which a lot of you are probably familiar with. This is a disease of the blood vessels supplying uh, the heart muscle, you know, there's also congenital heart disease, which is the malformations of the heart structure existing at birth. And then there's deep vein thrombosis and I believe uh, uh, pulmonary uh, embolism. And that's blood clots uh, in the leg veins, which can dislodge and move uh, to the heart and lungs. None of those things are good, by the way. You do not... We want to go the opposite direction of that, if ever possible, especially the things that we can control. And the crazy thing is about life, like there's a lot of things we can control these days. And there's a lot of things plaguing uh, people around the world, specifically Americans, that don't have to be the case. And I'm not going to just jump on, you know, 19 different uh, paths here. But for a lot of people, type 2 diabetes doesn't have to be a thing. Uh, Again, I'm I'm not a doctor here. I'm just a a gorilla in a warehouse sharing information and we have about 20 physicians here among other medical professionals nurses you name it and there's a lot of behavior patterns that can get rid of a lot of these things and as i kind of go down the list here um if we touch on heart attacks and strokes these are you know usually acute events and are mainly caused by a blockage that prevents blood from flowing to the heart or the brain And the most common reason for this buildup is these fatty deposits on the inner walls of the blood vessels that supply the heart or the brain. And obviously strokes can also be caused by bleeding from blood vessels in the brain or from the blood clots themselves. And the cause of heart attacks and strokes are usually the presence of a combination of risk factors, such as things like tobacco use, uh, unhealthy diet, obesity, physical inactivity, and alcohol use, hypertension, and again, diabetes. You see how a lot of these things are connected. So I share that real quick preface just to dig into the key facts here of why I would want to talk about this on a podcast because these things interest me now as I'm not, you know, 22 years old anymore and I work with here mostly people that are older than me or around my same kind of age. And I've seen people. I literally, I've shared this story before. I worked with a guy uh, on a Friday. He was here and he had a heart attack on a Sunday. Like, that's real shit. And I won't share the name. I, I, the red flag should have been when, I remember, he emptied his pockets one day and he had a lighter in there. And I'm like, why is this guy carrying around a lighter? And I'm like, do you smoke? He's like, no, I don't smoke. He's lying the whole time. So now I kind of take things with a grain of salt. But he was smoking cigarettes only when he was drinking. And he said he would, you know, casually drink but what he meant was um he would drink like a whole fifth or like a whole bottle of wine or two from the hours of like five o'clock to seven o'clock now this guy was in finance so he got up super early obviously with the markets and he's trading all day and uh just would be fine like a functional alcoholic is what i would call that and then from basically five to seven would just get 
you know, fucking lit up and uh, had made a lot of progress with us, was, was changing some things. And then obviously um, had a heart attack, you know, two days later, survived, lived, he's still around. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about here. These unhealthy behaviors and patterns can lead to some really serious things. And, you know, he was lucky. He could come back from it. A lot of people can't. And so the key facts I want to dig into, cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death globally. More people die annually from cardiovascular disease than any other cause. And most cardiovascular diseases can be prevented by addressing behavioral risk factors. I need to repeat that. The number one killer of people globally is this group of cardiovascular diseases. More than anything else, not, you know, cancers, not COVID shit, just this. This is the number one thing that's getting people. And I don't think it gets enough attention and we don't talk about it enough. And there are people like, well, Jeremy, I know about heart disease. You know a little bit about it. I promise you, you know way more about other things. Yet we're not putting attention on this. We don't share numbers of this every single day on social media. And I understand it's a different season of life and all that stuff. But but if we, if this is what we're really caring about, if we really give a shit about being healthy and helping people, why are we not making this a talking point more often on major news media outlets and sharing things to help people? We have no problem getting on the news saying, wash your hands and wear a mask and that stuff's fine. I'm not against it. But we don't talk about this. And that's confusing to me. And I'm going to share the sentence again because it is so important. Most cardiovascular diseases can be prevented by addressing behavioral risk factors such as tobacco use. Which the fact that we're still selling cigarettes in chew is fucking ridiculous. It's America. I'm great. There's freedom of choice. I think it's awesome. But do we really, we really want people to be healthy? If you can just go buy, I can go buy a carton of cigarettes today and smoke them all at once. Again, I'm all for freedom. I'm all for choices. But generally, if if you smoke or chew, it's fucking stupid. It's super addicting. I know. I was addicted to chewing for many, many, many years, and it was really hard to quit. I understand like how it can grip a hold on people and they can't let it go and then it owns them and it ends up killing them. It's really sad. But most cardiovascular diseases can be prevented by addressing things in your own behavior, like using tobacco, like an unhealthy diet, which is most people's issue, obesity, physical inactivity, alcohol use, all those things are the factors. And most, I need to repeat this in like, third grade terms. Most of these diseases can be prevented if you didn't use tobacco, drink a ton of alcohol irresponsibly, have an unhealthy diet, and not exercise. Is that that simple enough when I say like, it's crazy to think like, we could eradicate the number one death killer globally, if we didn't use tobacco, drank in moderation, exercised and ate right. We can't get rid of all of it, but a lot of it we could prevent. Isn't that fucking crazy? I'll get off the soapbox and I'll continue. I've shared some of these stats before because they are so uh, prevalent and they are so kick you right in the teeth and wake you up. Heart disease in the United States. Heart disease is a leading cause of death for men and women 
and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. There's a couple of small outliers, but for most of us, this is it. So statistically, it's tough. It's tough to do a podcast when you can't speak very well. Um, statistically speaking, this is what's going to grab us. I mean, that's it, right? One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. That is probably the most eye-opening stat, and I'll never forget that number. As long as I live, if it changes and goes, hopefully, that number moves uh, in a positive direction, not a negative. Hopefully, it doesn't get faster than that. But I fear with the way a lot of people kind of, you know, have adopted this lifestyle here of, you know, always stressing and, you know, always working, but not in a, in a positive way and taking on more and acquiring more things and more debt and then eating worse and getting busier and then coping with drugs and alcohol. I don't know if it'll improve. It should, you know, if you know better, you should do better. And we have the information, but one person dies every 36 seconds in the U S from cardiovascular disease. That is insane. So by me being on this podcast already, there's about 50, 60 people have died in the U S from heart disease just as I'm talking right now. That's lunacy, man. About 655,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. One in every four people. If we had a giant scoreboard, which is kind of what I feel like we've been keeping with uh, the pandemic stuff because they're running tallies and they're showing stuff every single day. If we had one of the the world, like a giant world scoreboard of, of people, you know, leaving the earth, one in four is cardiovascular disease, which is crazy. Uh, excuse me, heart disease specifically. Um, heart disease, which same thing. Um, heart disease costs the United States about $219 billion each year. And that was from 2014 to 2015. That includes the cost of healthcare services, medicines, and then obviously loss of you know productivity due to death. Now, if we're talking coronary artery, artery disease, that is the most common type of heart disease, killing 365,914 people alone in 2017. About 18.2 million adults ages 20 and older have coronary artery disease. It's about 7%, give or take. About 2 in 10 deaths from CAD happen in adults less than 65 years old. Now, if we're going to talk about, well, Jeremy, how do we prevent it? We've touched on it briefly already. Um, but what are the, you know, I guess, warning signs and symptoms uh, of things like, you know, a heart attack, which you've all probably are common with the familiar ones, right? Like if someone said, hey, Jeremy, what is the sign of someone having a heart attack? You'd be like, well, probably chest pain and discomfort. You'd be correct. Obviously, most heart attacks involve discomfort in the chest. Uh, typically for people like the left side of the chest that lasts more than a few minutes or when it goes away and then obviously comes back. And the discomfort can feel like this uncomfortable pressure and squeezing, maybe fullness or even like a pain. So that is a warning sign. Uh, if you're having a heart attack, not a good deal. Get your ass to the hospital, ASAP. Or if you're feeling super weak, lightheaded or faint, uh, you also may break out into a cold sweat things like pain or discomfort in the jaw, the neck or the back, pain or discomfort in one or both arms or shoulders, shortness of breath that comes along with like chest discomfort, but shortness of breath um, can also happen uh, before the chest discomfort. So if you're kind of gauging uh, by there. And I want to kind of tie all these together, but 
if we're talking heart attacks too, um, in the U.S., someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. God, that's crazy too, man. Like just to see like how how fast it is and how many people in the United States, someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. Every year, about 805,000 Americans have a heart attack. Every single year, about 805,000 Americans have a heart attack. One of these, or excuse me, of these, 605,000 are the first heart attack. 200,000 happen to people who have already had a heart attack. And about one in five heart attacks are silent. The damage is done, but the person is not aware of it. That's trippy too, man. Like that really blows my mind. About one in five heart attacks are silent and the damage is done, but a person is not even aware that it had happened. That's crazy. I actually met a couple of people here who are younger um, too that had heart attacks that it's just like, a, again, like there's always going to be the outliers. There's always the genetic anomalies. There's always somebody who, you know, like I shared Tommy Baker stuff before. Tommy Baker uh, is super fit. He's hiked a ton. Um, like he does like camelback. He sprints up and down and he does Tom's thumb. He's the dude's crazy. Um, conditioning wise, he's in really good shape. And I remember he got uh, Valley fever, like super bad, was in the hospital. And he was just like jacked up. When I saw him, he looked like he lost like 30 pounds and he's already fit. He didn't have 30 pounds to lose. But the point I'm driving at is like, there's always going to be the outliers. Like I've hiked a million times too. Knock on wood. Never got Valley fever, feel just fine. Heather hikes all the time, we're just fine. Sometimes there's just the things. But I remember we've had two people here that have been like the kind of genetic freaks in terms of had the heart attack. So again, this stuff can affect everybody, but largely um, there's things we can do to prevent it. And that's what I'm driving at here. So again, if we're talking like what are the risk factors for cardiovascular disease, we've, we've touched on a few already. The most important ones are our behavior. The most important ones are our personal behavior, the unhealthy diets, the physical inactivity, the tobacco use, the harmful use of alcohol. Again, having a glass of wine or a couple beers, not a big deal, but habitually doing it to the point like where you're just, you know, having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and sometimes people even thousands of drinks per year. It's a dangerous game that you play. And then typically if you're, you know, always inebriated or you always got a buzz going, you're going to make poor food choices. It just kind of happens. You know, most people who are grown adults, you know, aren't going to make a, a Taco Bell, you know, drive through at uh, one o'clock in the morning. If you're just at home, you know, drinking water, or having a glass of wine, it's when you just get, you know, in that 21 year old mindset again, and then you're pulling up and grabbing a five buck box with some cinnamon twists and uh, some nachos and eating that at two o'clock in the morning. It's not a good look, man. And it, it probably, if we could film you eating it, it probably didn't look cute on the way in. And I can promise you the next day it's not looking cute on the way out. So just keep that in mind. It, what I'm driving is that you can do things in moderation. That's fine. But it's the overuse of it uh, is what really is is crushing us over time. And obviously, you know, the risk factors that show up in individuals um, who abuse these things over time, right? So the people who don't eat the best, the people who aren't physically active, and maybe they smoke, maybe they don't, but they do abuse alcohol, these people tend to have higher blood pressure, uh, raised blood glucose, raised blood lipids, and they tend to be overweight and then obviously eventually become obese. It's a domino effect here, right? It's like anything else in life. It's the things that you did, you're doing now, but honestly, the things that you did even, you know, months ago and years ago, it all adds up. 
the compound effect is real with everything. It's the consistency over time. Um, I just did a obviously the podcast the other day on, on my training and my eating, and nothing I do is you know earth shattering and uh, and crazy, but it's the consistency at which I do it leads me to be in the shape I'm in today. Same thing for you guys. It's the same way you probably uh, you know treat your husband or wife. The same way you parent your kids. If you consistently are kind and learning and growing and doing the right things with your husband and wife, you probably have a great relationship. If you're consistently an asshole and doing the wrong things and, you know, avoiding them and, and spending more time at work or on your phone or doing whatever, you probably have a crappy relationship. Same thing with your kids. If you do the right things, you probably have some really awesome kids. If you do the wrong things, you probably got some shithead kids. I don't know. Uh, sometimes that's not your fault. Sometimes kids are just idiots. My parents did a good job. I was a knucklehead idiot. Then I turned around. So at the end of the day, you're probably going to be okay. The point I'm driving at is it's the consistency. It's the consistency at which we do things that makes the biggest difference. So if you consistently abuse your body, you're going to have higher blood pressure. You're going to have worse blood lipids. You're going to have worse blood glucose. You're going to eventually probably become overweight and be obese. And it might not be, you know, any, even for the people who don't become overweight, they're genetically, they won the lottery. They might be the skinny fat people who have all the same terrible blood work. That's a real thing too. And so all of those kind of you know, risk factors that I just mentioned can be measured obviously, you know, in your primary care facilities. Um, and they indicate that you are going to be in increased risk for developing things like a heart attack, a stroke, heart failure, and other complications. So that's why I always say if you can go get a physical, you know, do it at least once a year. If you can get your blood work done like once or twice a year, I think that'd be ideal for you guys. Uh, just to know what is going on. And a lot, again, a lot of these things can be changed by eating real food, exercising, drinking water, getting quality sleep, and not stressing. All things that don't cost a ton of money, but just take consistent daily effort and action. Now, if you want to go deeper into that, you know, stopping the tobacco use is probably a key. So if you smoke or you chew, I know it's tough, dude. I've been there, but you can quit. If a guy who's as addicted to things as I am can quit after chewing probably like a tin a day <clears throat> for a long period of time, you certainly can do it. It took me a lot of tries, but um, you can replace the habit with a new one. You really can. Or if you are somebody who is eating a lot of processed stuff and has no idea what the macros are, what the micros are, your reduction of salt uh, can help. I'm not, I'm not against sodium. Obviously, you need it. You drink water, you sweat. Um, there is a balance in the body, but for a lot of people, when it's the processed crap, you're eating, you know, grams and grams and grams and grams of sodium every single day and not consuming enough water. That's going to hurt you in the long run. Obviously, doing things like consuming fruits and vegetables can help. Or if you struggle, take Athletic Greens. Hit me up. Happy to get you a sample pack to try. Or if you can eat the real thing, eat the real thing for sure. And even, obviously, I joke when I say that, like, obviously... I'm a huge fan of Athletic Greens, but if you can eat, you know, some fruits and veggies every day, please do it. And if you're not eating them, what the hell are you eating? Like, if your day is not has no vegetables in it and no fruits in it ever, what are you eating? If it's just meat um, and healthy fats and you're getting the supplements around it, I'd still rather have you eat fruits and vegetables, but I could kind of roll with it, I guess. Most people are not doing that. So what I'm saying is if you're listening to me and you're like, well, Jeremy, I don't eat any fruits and I hardly eat vegetables. What the hell are you eating? Like what the, what does your diet even consist of? Like, that's why I'm saying like when sometimes when people look at stuff, it, it's common sense. 
like just look at the food you eat every day. If you if you could mentally just visualize, I do a lot of visualizing because I'm a lunatic. If you cleared off your kitchen table or an open space on your counter and you laid out everything that you ate in a day, and like this is Monday, that's Tuesday, how much of it is real food and how much of it is just like processed bullshit? That gives you a really good indicator of how healthy you are and how much you care about your body and your health. It really does. I'm not saying you can't go eat a pizza and have some Pop-Tarts. Live your life. Be a person whenever you want to. But that's in moderation. That's not the base of what you do. But there's a lot of people where if you looked at their day, it's kind of coupled like, here's my Monday. Here's my Tuesday. Here's my Wednesday. And all the food for the day was kind of piled together. And, and you're like, wow, you ate no real food this day. Or you ate no vegetables this day. Or like, you haven't had a piece of fruit in three months. Or you haven't had a green vegetable in two weeks. I say that and people, like the healthy people listening right now, like Jeremy, that's ridiculous. I'm telling you, the average person, that's what they're doing. There's people who join our transformation programs, uh, like the 47 day where we actually review the food logs and we go into detail and we do this crazy and they're trying and their day might be like Starbucks uh, muffin with caramel frappuccino and then lunch is like fucking McDonald's and then dinner is like Papa John's. And not bagging on Starbucks, McDonald's, or Papa John's. They have the right to exist, and they, they serve a need, and it's fine in moderation. But that's somebody's normal day. I And I'm giving that as an example because I've seen it. Like, I've seen somebody do that in a day. And that, my friends, is why we are in the boat that we're in. So, not to get off topic here, but if you're someone out there, if you can quit using tobacco, if you can reduce the salt in your diet, if you can eat more fruits and vegetables, if you can exercise more often, limit the alcohol use. These things are going to help. In addition to that, like, they're, if you need them and you really can't make the changes, they obviously have medications and things for, like, diabetes and hypertension and high blood pressure. Um, and that may be necessary for some of you guys to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease <clears throat> and prevent heart attacks and strokes. Obviously, there are, you know, health policies that are creating better environments for people to make healthier choices and making them more affordable and making them more essential um, for people to adopt and sustain a, a more healthy lifestyle, more healthy behavior. And again, I've done a whole podcast on how you would eat in a budget and all these other things. And I know it's, it is more expensive to eat right. It really is. It doesn't have, to, it doesn't got to be crazy. You don't have to buy everything all organic. You don't have to go to Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck. I, I don't, Honestly, I don't ever go to Whole Foods. Very rarely. I'm, again, I'm not against them. They're fine. It's just, it really is overpriced. It really is. There's a lot of other places now that are doing so much better. I do like a lot of things about Whole Foods, so I'm not begging against them. They do great work. But it is really expensive for a lot of people. And I'll never go cheap on food. I'm, I'm happy to pay it, but I can get the same stuff at your Safeway or your you know Kroger's or Ralph's or Hy-Vee or depending on what part of the country you live in, they are going to have a lot of great choices too. So it can be done. Is it as easy? No. Is it as sexy? No. And obviously buying a, you know, what am I, what was the pizza we did in college? We would do Jack's. Jack's Pizza had the, you guys, take a, a travel back in town with me for a second here. We used to do Jack's Pizza. It was like five for 10 bucks when they were on sale. So you get five Jack's Pizzas for $10. Don't eat a whole pizza. Well, for two bucks, pretty good deal. There's not a lot of real healthy food where you can get a whole... You can't buy the same amount of calories and healthy food for two bucks as you can for a Jack's. But again, it's not good for you either. And that's what I'm driving at. It's going to be tougher, but you guys can make the decisions. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it until the day that I'm dead. I would personally live in a smaller house, drive a cheaper car, 
wear worse clothes if it meant I could put healthier food into my body. I'll never change. You're never going to see me living in a $3 million house and then buying cheap-ass processed garbage food. That makes zero sense to me. You're never going to see me driving a Mercedes down the road and then going cheap on the food because i got to make a car payment. That is dumb to me. I'm not judging anybody. You spend your money and how you think is best for you. But if you want my personal take, it can be done, whether you make a lot of money or not as much money. It's harder if you don't make any money. I get that, but it can be done. It really can. It's you got to be creative. I'm happy to help and put out more episodes, but it is important, you guys. So just know these things are the things that can help us as a country and a world get out of this, you know, shitty what I would consider like a health crisis that we are in of having heart disease kill this many people literally every single minute that we're talking. And obviously there's a number of underlying, you know, things with uh, cardiovascular disease, you know, the the causes of the causes, if you will, right? Like there's a reflection of the major forces driving, you know, social economics, the cultural change, globalization, urbanization, um, population aging. And there's other things too that, that affect these numbers, poverty, stress. And there is, like I mentioned before, the hereditary factors. So what can you do, right? Like, what can we do? Um, the same things I've said forever, and I'll never, you know, change from saying these. You have to start eating real food. You really do. You have to start understanding what vitamins and minerals are. We have to understand what macronutrients are, how much food we really do need. Um, you got to exercise too. You got to move your body every single day. 10,000 steps is a great goal. 30 minute workouts three times a week. If you walked every day on top of that and didn't eat like a complete idiot all the time, you'd be great. Get quality sleep, six, seven hours a night. If it's restorative, good. If you can get more sleep, even better. Don't stress. Don't do a bunch of illegal drugs. Don't smoke all the time. And don't get shit face every single night. That's it. Be, be a responsible adult. And you can still live your life. It, it baffles me because people will listen and will talk to them and say, Jeremy, that's so restrictive. I don't want to do that. You know, life is worth living. I'm not saying you can't go eat, you know, have a taco Tuesday and get pizza on Saturday night. You just can't do it every day. I'm not saying you can't drink booze. Have drinks with your friends. Go out on the golf course and have a couple beers. But you can't have 10 beers every single night. You can't drink a half a bottle of wine or a bottle of wine every single night and expect to be healthy and move your best and feel your best and look your best. Even if genetically you got some gifts, eventually it will catch up with you, whether that be externally and most certainly it's going to catch up with you internally. If we go deeper down the rabbit hole, what can we do? I am a fan of uh, eating more fish, especially the real stuff, uh, wild caught for sure. For a lot of people, if you are just willing to uh, increase your intake of omega-3 fatty acids, that can decrease your risk of heart disease. So if you guys are willing to increase the omega-3 fatty acids in your life, that can decrease the risk of your heart disease here. Now, if you want to supplement that, uh, you could do any of the omega-3 rich supplements like curl oils, the fish oils. We work with JLab on those. I take their curl oil. Uh, I think we can always get you guys a discount on those and they run it a couple of times a year for sure. But I cop a couple of those bad boys in my mouth and I'm good to go. Uh, Heather, again, like I've mentioned before, uh, makes a lot of shrimp at home. She loves like the wild caught shrimp. They have them at most places. We also do a lot of salmon as well. Those are probably the two most popular. And then scallops is probably the third thing that we do. And obviously, 
You can get the Omega Fortified Eggs um, and Chia Seeds. Those are probably the most popular things that we do at our house. I do Chia Seeds basically every single day. And if you're looking for Omegas, I mean, two tablespoons of Chia Seeds is like a pound of fish, right? I think that's correct. Somebody can uh, fact check me if I'm wrong, but I believe that is what... Um, chia seeds alone do so they're super important and it's super helpful i just don't know why these are little things that uh, anybody can do and if we're talking about the benefits of a krill oil when i say that when i'm talking about the omega supplements for you guys if you're not familiar krill oil is a supplement that is popular in like an alternative to fish oil you know tomato uh tomato uh, kind of uh, obviously, it's made from krill, you know, the small you know, little um, crustaceans that are consumed by whales, penguins, and obviously the other sea creatures. And so krill oil sometimes is marketed as like superior to fish oil. Um, you probably got to, you can do your research on there and you can go either way. But regardless, it has a ton of health benefits. I do take the, the krill oil, um, but you guys are going to be cool no matter what you obviously choose to do. <clears throat> but I do think it's a good idea to supplement uh, with stuff that contains, obviously, you know, the DHA uh, and the EPA. If you don't, you know, consume, which I believe the recommended, excuse me, the recommended amount of uh, seafood per week is eight ounces a week, which is actually not that much. But being honest, when I live in the Midwest, I didn't eat a lot of fish. Um, and if I did, it wasn't. Shout out to my people in the Midwest. Love you guys. Uh, you're probably way healthier than I was when I lived there as a young young boy and a, a younger man. But going to like, you know, the local fish fry at the VFW and having uh, catfish is probably not the eight ounces of seafood that is recommended. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's what they're referring to here. Or if you're in the Midwest, let me say some things. Uh, when you're fishing, if you grew up in the Mississippi River, if you're eating fish out of there... Uh, don't. It's probably not great for you. But things like we would do, you know, obviously you do like a fish fry, right? You do that in the Midwest. Anybody who's from there listening, uh, catfish, um, sunfish, crappies, walleye, all these terms you hear in the Midwest. You don't really hear them as much in Scottsdale. Not a lot of places I've seen serving up catfish and walleye out here. I'm sure they exist. I just haven't been there. The point I'm driving at is if you can't eat the eight ounces of seafood per week, I think you should supplement with something like a like a krill oil, because obviously, either an excellent source of, of omega-3 fats, uh, the EPA, and obviously, you know, the DHA for you guys, um, it can help fight inflammation, which I think is cool. The omega-3 fatty acids that are found in krill oil have shown to be important anti-inflammatory uh, functions for the body to kind of, you know, run the best it can. It can also maybe even reduce um, like arthritis and joint pain which is also for most of us who are getting older, we would need that as well. And it can improve the blood lipids um, and heart health. And that's vital because if we're talking about, you know, heart disease, that's kind of how we want to get down. The, the one thing I didn't know, it said it may even help manage uh, PMS symptoms, which I had no idea. I've never had PMS, but that's what they're saying. And honestly, it's just an easy thing to add into your routine. It, it doesn't take a lot of work just throwing these things in. And if it can decrease your total cholesterol and increase, you know, HDL and lower your triglycerides. And uh, I don't see why not do it, right? Like, it's a really simple thing to do. And obviously, there's a ton of research that shows, you know, people that have a decreased intake of omega-3 fatty acids, um, it might increase your risk of heart disease. So again, real simple things, diet, 
exercise, increasing omega-3 rich supplements, and eating real food, and just not stressing, and just living a healthy lifestyle, and re- just really reducing the things that are going to put you in a shitty position to develop cardiovascular disease, which is ultimately going to prevent you guys from having a, a premature death and dying, which that does not sound fun to me, especially when a lot of these things are controllable and they're just simple behavior changes. We're not asking you to work out seven days a week. We're not asking you to never drink alcohol and never eat pizza. And we're not saying sleep 10 hours a night. And it's we're just asking simple things. And if we can get there, we can make a major shift. And I'll sit on my soapbox all day and, and preach as much as possible to be healthier. But um, it's just things that you can control. And it's consistently doing them over a small period of time. It's not doing something for 10 days you know, to lose five pounds. It's not doing a, a crash diet or some bullshit, you know, kind of training program or buying some piece of shit home exercise equipment in, to use for a month or two. This is a lifestyle. This is something you have to do consistently for the rest of your life until you do die. And hopefully that's many, many, many years from now from something that's not heart disease, which you cause to yourself by drinking, smoking, eating like shit, not exercising. That's crazy. I've said this for a long time. Um, I would hate to get to the end of my life, whenever that is, whether it's today, tomorrow, or, you know, 60 years from now and regret and know that I could have done way more with my opportunity and my time and my talents. And if I'm being completely transparent here, I, I, I've talked about this before, I chewed tobacco for a long time, like at a really hard time. And, uh, when you're doing things like that, it just breeds more unhealthy habits with it, right? Like when I'm doing that, I'm also drinking like crazy and then I'm eating shittier. I would still always play sports and I would always like lift and exercise because I just, I'm, I'm athletic as a human. I'm like, an, I've always will think of myself as an athlete, even as I get older and, uh, you know, I think I can still make all the same shots and, and have all the same moves. And maybe I can in glimpses, but not at the same pace. But I've always just liked sports. I've liked movement. I like to be athletic. And maybe I'm vain enough to where I always wanted to work out a little bit so I didn't look like a complete uh, bag of shit. But when you're in that life and I'm, I'm chewing consistently, it would lead to other poor habits. So, you know, if, and again, when you're drinking, you let loose with everything. So I'd have a couple of drinks. I get loose. Well, if I drink, I got a buzz. I got to have a chew. And then after I chew, well, then I got to eat this. But if I'm already drinking, I might have a, you know, a pizza and a burger. They all kind of go together. Healthy people do a certain set of things and have a certain set of rules and behaviors and kind of like this code that they live their, their life by. And then there's unhealthy people. And then they live their life and have a code and they have behaviors that they kind of live their life by. And then there's the people who are, you know, kind of living in the middle, kind of in both spaces. And over time, we tend to gravitate towards one over the other. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't do some things in moderation, that's totally fine. But it's really tough to do. Like, it's really tough to just hold on, well, I'm only going to smoke a couple cigarettes. It's like famous last words, right? Well, people will say, well, I'm only going to do this. Either you can or you can't do it. And over time, you have to ask yourself, is the risk worth the reward? For some people, it is. For me, the one thing that got me to really quit chewing finally was looking at my entire life 
and all my habits and all my behaviors. And I'm like, is me doing this helping my life in any way whatsoever now? And the answer I would always come back to is no. There's no benefit to it. Girls don't think it's sexy. Nobody likes it. Your mouth is becoming ripped to shit. Eventually, you know, your teeth will fall out and they might have to cut half your face off. And even more so than that, I'm like, what if this is the thing that kills you, dude? I would start as I get, obviously we all get older and then you, you, you become face to face with the fact that you're not Bruce Willis from Unbreakable, even though you might look like him because you have the same face and basically you're bald too. Um, but you're not, but I'm not him. Like a, you're not him. If, if the train goes off the tracks and everyone's dead, you're not going to walk out with, without a scratch on you. That's the fucking movies. That's not real life. And when you start to get older and you realize that and you become touched and you become sick and you don't feel good or, or something doesn't go right, you're like, wow, I don't want to all of a sudden go to the doctor one day or go to the dentist if they're the people who would, you know, diagnose you and be like, hey, man, you know, you have, you know, oral cancer and you're in 25 years old and you did it to yourself. Like, or you're 40 years old and that's, you know, I, I probably could have made it a good duration. Who knows? Maybe 37, 38, 39, 42 and showed up. Hey, man, you have, you have uh, oral cancer. And the survival rate is whatever the percentage, which is not good. And this is what's going to fucking kill you. We're going to have to cut half your face off or you're going to breathe through like a tube uh, in your throat and uh, you're going to be dead soon. That's the thing where eventually, like for some reason, one day, that just became really real to me. And you always know that. They put the warnings on the boxes and the labels of all these things. But when you're young, you're dumb and you think you're invincible. And as I would start to get slightly older, I just really felt... You know, I guess vulnerable would be the term that like, hey, man, uh, I'm not fucking special. I'm not a unicorn like this thing can touch me. And why am I going to do this? Like, why do I want to leave the earth over this, you know, stupid thing that I'm addicted to? And I see and I know a lot of other people. I don't want to get off topic here and make this just about that. But I look at for people, cigarettes are the same. Uh, Chewing tobacco is the same. Alcohol is the same. Uh, Prescription pills is the same. And then the one on top of that, the food which is the hardest of them all, I believe, because you don't have to do any of those. You don't got to pop pills. You don't got to do drugs. You don't got to drink. You don't got to smoke, but you got to eat, dude. And for a lot of people, that's become their thing. That's become their crutch. That's become their addiction. That's become their go-to when something goes wrong. That's what they turn to for the positive feeling and the, you know, it's just their comfort is in that. And it's usually not in asparagus and Brussels sprouts. It's in chips and cookies and cakes and all those things. And once in a while, that's cool. But it's the people every day that do it. And that's what starts to change them internally. And then obviously externally, they start to look a certain way and feel a certain way and move a certain way and not the way that they want. So I'm sharing this for anybody out there who has a friend or family member or a parent or mom and dad. And some of the people here come here and they're doctors. And their parents are unhealthy as shit. And it drives them crazy because they can't get through to them because the, whether it be you know, the alcohol or tobacco companies, the food companies, the hooks are into them. Now, these companies should all exist. I'm not blaming them for that. They're presenting stuff. Whether you as a consumer understand the risks or not, I think that is on you. But you have to be smarter. And now there's information everywhere. And it's out there to know, like, if you do these things, you know, not in moderation, if you take them on in abundance, and over time, just keep stacking and stacking and stacking these bad behaviors, are going to catch up with you. And clearly by the statistics, we can tell that they are. And they're they're catching up with people at a scale we've never seen before. So if you're out there listening, just 
do the best you can with what with what you have and try to just always be a little bit better. You're going to eat a little bit better, get a little bit more sleep, take on less stress, train a little bit more, and just put yourself in a position to avoid a lot of these things that don't have to happen, that can be avoided with just behavioral changes and the consistency of them over time. So hopefully um, the stats were interesting for you guys and uh, – you enjoyed some of it. It's just really basic information of things we talk about all the time here. We've done 400 plus episodes, and at the end of the day, it always comes back to you got to eat right, and you got to get good sleep, and you got to move around. And that's all there is, and that's all there will ever be. There's no magic pill. There's no anything that's going to fix all these things for you. It's the way that you live your life. Um, if you looked at it like a like a success wheel or like a giant pie chart. All those things kind of have to be filled in. You got to do all of them right most of the time. And obviously, you know, there's ebbs and flows in different seasons of life, but you can't control how much you sleep. You can't control what you eat and what you drink, and you can't control how you exercise. There's a lot of things you can't. Government policies and the weather and and 97 other things that are going to come your way, but you can control those simple things. And, you know, something's going to get all of us, and you got to live your life and enjoy it. I understand that, but... It doesn't have to be this way, and and you have the power to change it. And it starts with you sharing information and and doing the right things every single day, especially with you and the people closest to you who you do have uh, a level of influence over. So hopefully you guys dig it. Um, Again, reminder, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. If you're not eating enough greens, you guys hit me up. Um, I'm happy to share a free pack with you if you're really on the fence about trying them. Otherwise, the site itself, athleticgreens.com forward slash Jeremy Scott, can get you a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. I take it every day, and I would suggest you guys do as well, especially if you can't eat enough fruits and veggies. And also a reminder, our 30 for 30 program is kicking off here in about six days. Uh, the link's in my IG bio right now. I'll give you guys a podcast discount code if you want to join me. The site itself, jeremyscottfitness.com slash 30-30-challenge to join. We'll, um, we'll have some fun in there in the most uh, disgusting, fun, gnarly way humanly possible. And uh, other than that, that's all I could think of now. I'll be back on the podcast probably Friday um, if we can get maybe Trish um, Hawes up in here from Movement Restoration. We'll see. I got an email out to her now. Uh, other than that, I got uh, a ton of people coming down the pipe here in March. March is going to be a, a badass month for sure. So I'm excited. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, as always, thank you guys. I appreciate you. And again, just share this with a friend or family member you think it can help if they really just, you know, maybe need a little bit wake-up call and I can be the villain and the bad guy. I'm happy to fill that role if it makes them, you know, make a major shift in their life to be a healthier person because I'm sure you want them around just like they want to be around. And uh, we don't need to be going down the path that we're going down as a country um, and honestly globally as a whole with uh, all the things we're doing to make ourselves unhealthier when we have the information and the knowledge to be as healthy as possible. And if you happen to be an Apple podcast Open it up, scroll your finger all the way down, drop it a five-star, leave a couple of comments. I truly do appreciate it. It helps us selfishly, and uh, I like to read what you guys have to say. So thank you, as always, and until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.